We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swagger from the corner. Yes! And the foul! Is he having himself an afternoon? Swagger feeling. His third three already. On the drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. <laughs> Backdoor cut. Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close. And one. Welcome back to the Swider Show, everyone. Episode 42 this week, man. Obviously, um, super excited. Another great week in Miami. And, uh, yeah, man, we don't have Patty this week, but we have a, a pretty good co-host in, in the he, – he was on deck. He's been waiting for his opportunity. He's been doing a great job this whole entire time um, as our producer. Adam Lewis is our uh, is, is our on-deck um, co-host. So w- welcome, Adam. Welcome. Thank you. I was doing vocal warm-ups and practicing all morning, so I think I'm ready to rumble now. I'm ready to go. Yeah, usually behind the scenes, but it, it, it's kind of nice to see your face, like, fully now. Well, you know what I mean? We're locked in. Oh, yeah, I got a haircut today, too. So I was I, I scheduled it after <laughs> I found out Patty wasn't coming on. So we're ready to go. Uh, this week we're going to do some mailbag. We went on Instagram stories and got some questions from you guys, and then I'll probably loop in a couple uh, questions that I'm uh, interested to hear about as well uh, whenever you're ready, Cole. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, it's been another good week in Miami. Um, like I said, like the Miami Heat culture is real. Monday happens again, body fat and, and conditioning test. So uh, it, it's it's been good, man. Another another good week. I've been actually have uh, one of the my Syracuse managers out here who's been helping me rebound, uh, Dan Fitzpatrick. So shout out Dan for for coming in clutch this week. Um, and yeah, we also been having another Syracuse manager, Zach Pascal, who who lives down here. He's been helping me out with my workouts. So. Syracuse, the Syracuse connection is everywhere, and uh, so it's, it's been good to have that. But, but obviously we missed Patty. Um, Patty couldn't make it this week, and um, our, our, our thoughts and prayers are with him um, through this time. So let's get it going, Adam. Absolutely. Uh, Cole, for those of everyone watching on YouTube, you've got a charity shirt on, David Duke Jr. Charity. Tell us about what happened this week with that. Yeah, man. So o- over this past weekend, I-, I played an all-star game, the Der- David Duke Jr. Uh, charity all-star game. We had uh, 12 pros who were playing in the game, including Bonzi Colson, who's plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv overseas. We had Xavier Munford, who's played in the NBA. He's a big-time player overseas. Uh, we had, obviously, David Duke, who played in the NBA this past year. Um, Going to sign another contract in the NBA. A.J. Reeves played in the G League. So we had a lot of, a lot of talent on the court. 
Um, and it was fun to play. I mean, D- David, and I, David and I were on the same team, and, and we obviously won. Um, but it was, it was a good, good game, great event. And shout out to David. He's done a great job in the city of Providence and the state of Rhode Island, just um, putting together a lot of great charity events, backpack drives, um, basketball camps, and just honestly just an amazing, amazing job of, of bringing the community together. He had a high school game before us. His little brother played in it, and it, it was a great event to be a part of. And uh, just super, super proud of David to see how far both of us have came, but specifically him, how far he's came and, and how he's using this impact to show these kids that it is possible from a small state of Rhode Island to, to make it out and, and get to the NBA. Um, and that, that's why sure. it was important for me to go go and play in, in, his, in his game. So it, it was a great time, Adam. Was there a golf tournament after or something the next day? Did you plan that or no? No, I didn't get to show my, my golf skills in the golf tournament. Um, I was actually leaving the next day to go to Miami, so I just wanted to make sure I had all my stuff ready to, ready to go and, and everything together. But I, I heard it was a great time, and, and they played a really nice course, uh, the, the Triggs Golf Course in Providence, Rhode Island. So oh, wow. I wish I could have made it, but, but yeah, no, just, just strictly basketball for me this weekend, Adam. Strictly basketball for the next two months, I think. You're locked yeah. in now, back down in Miami. What's, uh, where, what's the best spot? to eat in Miami so far? This is a mailbag mail question number one. What, what, where has been your number, number one? one? Yeah, where's your number one spot so far? So I would have a different answer before last night, but uh, Fitz and I, along with Jay Vasalo, my my, uh, my stylist and one of his friends, we went to this place called Komodo. And it was like this like Japanese slash like, um, just like seafood place. And it was really, really good. It's, 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 it's pretty popular, it's pretty mainstream. Um, but yeah, that's definitely my favorite place to eat so far. You're gonna have to find like the one that no one knows about, so that every time you get someone in town, like you'll bring somewhere somewhere else. But that's uh, that's funny. That's like a kind of a mainstream spot. But I guess you've only been there for like what two weeks or whatever. So uh, yeah, and I haven't even been here for the full two weeks. I've been here for right. Monday or Sunday through Thursday last week, and then this week I'll be there here Sunday through Friday. Um, okay. But yeah, no, we'll, I think Fitz and I will go try another spot tonight. Nice. Yeah, that I yeah. feel like that's one of the best things to do. Like. Like you said, you start a podcast in your free time, but also going out to eat is a big, like, uh, like not a time waster, but like when you got friends in and stuff, I feel like that's a good way to go. Yeah, no, it's funny because uh, my dad, when, when we were in Vegas, obviously you were there as well. Uh, we started, we were going to some nice restaurants, had, had a couple of nice meals, and my dad was like, oh, like, Cole, you turned into like a, like a foodie out, out in Los Angeles, huh? And honestly, I mean, that's like one of like the cool things to do, honestly, because I'm not like a big, like, Go out, going out guy all the time, but I love having like a nice dinner, um, going out to like 9, 30, 10 p.m. and having a dinner and having music going in the background, everything like that. So, um, yeah, it was definitely nice to get to get a couple of nice dinners out there. And my dad now, my dad just goes to me for appetizers because I'm a big appetizers guy as well. You are. I've had I think two dinners in like what two days, and we ordered probably like ten appetizers. So you gotta get them. <laughs> gotta get um, the appetizers going, especially when you're eating at nice places. Yeah, but you'd say the food scene in LA is just a little bit better so far. You don't you don't know yet. You're you're waiting to find out. Yeah, I don't know yet. I mean, Komodo st- put put out a very good performance last night, so wow. I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check check out all the spots. But I think I'm just more familiar with the spots in LA. Um, right. I, I spend the whole year there. Obviously, you get familiar with certain places, and then and then I I don't know. Pe- people who who came with me to LA were probably like, oh, you have the same taste. You just go to the same places all the time. But I mean, hey, it's 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 good stuff. You got everyone has a taste though. Like that's the, at least it's not like McDonald's or you know no. K, KFC. You're getting the good stuff. Even like fast food, like you're hitting those like chains at night. Like you gotta hit the good dinner when you're in LA and Miami and Vegas. Like come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Is that a... Is that what you miss most about L.A.? Obviously, a good answer would probably be, like, your teammates or the people you played with, right? And then there's the food. What's something else that you miss about L.A. that, like, you've just probably just now realized, like, the last couple of days maybe, or, you know, a, a month after you left? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, what you say, my teammates, the, the people in L.A., I think just the relationships that I built with, with people who, who are even just, like, Equipment managers for the Lakers, or for sure. um, my, my trainers with with South Bay and the and the main Lakers staff. Just like you, you spend a year of just creating those relationships, and then then you, you go into a new situation where you have to kind of like restart those relationships, right? And uh, right. it's been great. I mean, the people in Miami Heat have been great, but I think just the overall relationships with the people that I've made for the past year in the Lakers is something that I missed uh, that I've been missing. Um, and then I, I think just the like the place, I was just so comfortable going to certain places in LA. Like I would go down to Manhattan Beach and walk on the beach, or um, sure. just go to certain certain places. And um, yeah, that's that's what I'd probably say. I, I've missed the most about LA, but uh, Miami's not a bad place to go to a- after uh, after being in LA. No, and uh, there, there's like you said, there's a couple of different options. I feel like Miami is like very high up there. If you're gonna pick a city, like a nice spot to live, like uh, or at least to like in the off season to train like that's a good spot so you said it's like meeting people and and creating connections and relationships was that easier to do in college since you were kind of set up with everyone and and every team had the exact people or what is it easier with like the miami heat or even the los angeles lakers a year ago yeah no college is definitely a closer-knit type of thing i mean one thing that that i tell people all the time is that in the nba like everyone has like their own families and things that they have to do outside of basketball, right? So, with the Lakers, we had like seven or eight guys who had had full families at home. So it, it was it was different, kind of creating those bonds. Where in college, everyone's living in the same dorms, eating the same food, they're going to the class together. They they have all these certain kind of kind of common denominators together. Obviously, like you get closer to certain guys just just based on relationships and and obviously having really close friends. But um, I would say just overall. Um, it's a lot easier to create those relationships in college just because of how much time you see see the other person. Um, with the NBA, I, I think over over time you get super close to those guys. Um, it just takes a little bit longer because you don't have the that face to face connection every single every single day, and, or even going back and having three roommates who are on the, on the team. Or at Syracuse and Villanova, we we all lived on the same floor, so so that so that makes right. us very close as well. How many guys are down there right now training already? Yeah, so so we have I think we have five or six exhibit tens down here, and then we have like five or, or six of the young guys, and then Bam and Duncan will, will will pop through. Haywood Highsmith will pop through. So there's anywhere between ten to fifteen guys on a daily basis, which has been really cool. I've seen Jimmy down here, um, and and yeah, it's it, it's been a, it's been a really good experience to kind of see see these guys come in and work. I mean, I I'll say this about Bam out of bio. I mean he. I brought one of my Syracuse managers, Zach, Zach Pascoe, into the practice facility one day, and uh, Bam was in the locker room um, getting ready to work out for his probably his fourth workout of the day. He, he's an unbelievable, hard, unbelievably hard worker, and uh, he treated Zach like like, like he, he knew him for four years. You know what I mean? That's awesome. He, I told him, hey, he's one of my managers at Syracuse. He's like, wow, I always wanted to play at Syracuse in the 2-3 zone. He's like, tell me about the two three zones, Zach. Like, just giving him like, little questions like that. Like, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to make Zach feel special. Like, he's a sure. he's an all star. He's an all star player in the NBA, right? But it just shows the kind of character and person that he is, and, and and what kind of people that they have in the organization, which has been a 
has been one of the, the great things that, that, that I, I can tell throughout um, my short time here in Miami. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I've noticed really, on top of the fact that like these NBA guys and even college D1 players know the game at such a higher level than like your average high school, like a TNT Tuesday night watcher, or like even like a high school coach or so, like a like an avid fan. They don't know how to play the game at a high level. These guys are so nice. Like uh, going out to dinner with the Syracuse people and uh, yeah. meeting, you know, Austin and Scotty, Scotty in person, and you know David Duke and all these guys are just so nice. Especially to like Patty and I, we'll talk for like forty five minutes after an episode just about the like the most simple questions, just trying to learn a little bit more. But like they really are just like normal people, and you can and they're chill and nicer than a lot of people that think they might have a better hold on things than they do. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I, I think it applies to a lot of things in life, right? You always think you're so far away from, like, reaching those actual goals and accomplishments and all those things. Um, but I but I think overall, like, we're a lot closer than we, see, than we think we are. We're a lot closer to, to reaching the NBA or, or reaching those certain type of things. And at the end of the day, all these guys are just regular guys, right? Like, not, not to curse on the podcast or anything like that, but one of my old high school teammates, we were playing a, a big game. Um, we were playing a big game against a team that was like the number one seed in the, in the division when I was in high school. We were playing against Tilton School. They had Terrence Mann. They, they, had, they, they, were the best, they were the best team in the league by far. And everyone was like kind of nervous going into the game. He's like, hey, guys, like they eating shit just like us. Like I think we forget about that sometimes. Like, Absolutely. Like, they're just normal – Normal people just like us, even though they may have money, they may have fame, they may have all these different things. Like they still struggle, they still go through all these things. Fitz was Fitz was here, and he, and he was just talking about, hey, like these guys probably make a lot of money, but it could be a very lonely lifestyle, like out, sure. out here just just living by yourself and training and doing all these all these things. Like you, you have that time in the facility when you're around people, and then you go home, and then it's like, all right, what do I do now? I have 10 free hours of my day. Do I go yeah. back to the gym again? Do I rest my body? Do I uh, hang out with my boy and go to dinner, right? So sure. I, I think I think that's one thing that you realize when you really talk to these guys, that they're just like us. That's crazy. And and I felt that like, the, I think it's about exactly a year now that we've been kind of like from creating the show, like getting it ready. And then just, we haven't really missed many weeks at all since. Every week I'm surprised by how nice the guy that popped, like Wenyan popped on the Zoom like five minutes before he did, <laughs> and he w- he was just randomly talking to me about like about you and like about the situation there and how exciting it was with when LeBron just set the record and everything. So um, I feel like yeah, it's 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 apparent every single week to me and shocking how like chill everyone is. If it's all right with you, we'll hit a couple more of these uh, mailbag Let's questions. Do it. Let's um, do it. We can do a little rapid fire. Just get a couple of them off because they're a little bit quicker questions. Um, I'll get through a couple here. Uh, would you rather lose by 50 points or would you rather lose by a buzzer beater? Oh, lose by a buzzer beater. I, I want to be in the game. I want to be competing. Losing by 50, I don't care. I don't care who you're playing against. That's that's worse than losing on a buzzer beater. That's no fun, for sure. Have you ever lost on like a, a buzzer beater? Like, obviously you probably have, but like at a high level since, since you've been maybe Villanova or Syracuse. I guess... Uh, well, no, I'm trying to think of when you were at Cuse. Yeah, how about how about it's college or NBA? Have you lost on like a big shot? I'm trying to think. Uh, Scotty hit a buzzer beater this past year, so I won. I won on a buzzer beater. I'm trying to think if uh, we've lost. Um, I don't really count the Elam endings because in the G League we were playing the Elam endings, so I, technically that would be a buzzer beater. But um, I don't think I've lost on a on a buzzer beater in college or. Or professional. 
Um, I remember <laughs> when I was in high school, we, we lost on a, on a heartbreaking buzzer beater. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I can't remember the last time I lost on, yeah. a, on a buzzer beater. I guess that's good. You'd rather, I mean, it's, it sucks as, as a former CYO basketball, um, starting point guard for maybe one year. I, I, <laughs> I, I experienced just as many as you, but, um, so with, with like, uh, with buzzer beaters, the thing that comes to mind for me is that G League playoff game that you guys had, and you were right up next to the rim, and an unbiased perspective, Patty and I thought you maybe got bumped in the chest a little bit or a lot off the rim and could have had a finish there, but uh, that was super close to the point where I thought it was going in anyway. Like, you almost made it even though you got fouled, so that was yeah. frustrating. And that's the last time you played in a, in a in the G League game, right? Like, that was obviously the end of the season, so... Um, that one was rough. Well, but that would have been a good one for the resume. Yeah. I, obviously, you can't count a, that free throw of 0.4 seconds left, but that's, that was kind of like a – it's also one. like, yeah, when, 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 you have a, when you have a shot that basically ends the game with 0.1 or 0.2 seconds on the clock, like before that would have been a that would have been a buzzer beater because like the refs wouldn't have like stopped the clock at exactly point one point two. I feel like like right. now there's o- there, there's always a time where they're stopping the clock and, and there's gonna they're gonna add point one point two seconds left and it's like it's not as fun. The most frustrating thing is is especially when they're like moving it up to the tenth of a second, and then yeah. they don't they don't start the clock exactly when it touches his hands anyway or when it bounces out of bounds or like the buzzer doesn't go off at the same time as the TV. So, like, there's no point in making it exact anyway. And they're taking five minutes to review it over a timeout. And, you know, Van Gundy's getting mad about it. So I feel like that's been the thing recently <laughs> in recent years that has been very yeah, annoying, definitely. especially in the playoffs. All right, here's another one. Uh, best at golf. I'm going to give you three Syracuse guys, or, or at least former Syracuse guys. Um, Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, Ryan Bury. Best golfer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wow. I'm going to go with uh, Joe Girard. I I, would have put Buddy maybe in that conversation, but the last time I played with Buddy, it was just... We were equal, so I'm gonna have to go with Joe Girard on that one. I haven't seen Bury play in a while. Bury's one of our uh, grad assistants at Cuse, a former former head manager at Cuse as well. Um, I haven't seen Bury play in a while, but I have a, I have a funny story about Bury. So, Bury and I, Bury, I and Fitz used to play golf like maybe like two or three times a week when we were at, when I was at Cuse, especially in the summer. So uh, it, it was getting to a point where like Bury was beating me like. Like pr- pretty regularly, you know what I mean. He, he was getting yeah. better. 
not handily, but he was beating me by like three, four strokes every single time. Sure. So like, I, I was like, hey, Bury, like I just want to tell you, like, from man to man, like you are better than me now. You know what I mean? Like I, I, wow. I'll, I'll concede okay. that you are better than me. So of course, you know what I mean. He relaxed a little bit. I beat him like the next like six times we played. And then, and then the, the the argument was back on. So shout out to Bury, shout out to yeah, shout out to Bury, shout out to Joe, shout out to Buddy. You're great, great golf partners, especially. Yeah. And we forgot to throw Jimmy Beheim in there. He's a great golf partner as well. Yeah, and Joe had an internship, I think, at Drumlins at least one summer, because yeah, I. That's not fair. Right. It's it's it it doesn't level the playing field, uh, or it unlevels the playing field. As yeah. a, a lot of people don't know this, this is a fuel if you if you want to become a student at Cuse. You can walk nine for free at Drumlins every day of your entire every day that they're open <laughs> for free. But if 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 you want if you're a cart guy or if you don't have the class schedule to do it, that immediately lets other people get better. So you, you should you can't go to Cuse and not be good at golf, even if we're in the Northeast. You have a good that's chance. Very true. And Joe's there every day in the summer, so I don't know if it's a very fair question, but that's what we got. All right, let's go to that uh, heat culture thing. Uh, we mentioned at the very top. How does the conditioning, specifically the conditioning, compare to, like, Syracuse and for the Los Angeles Lakers? Maybe don't just, like, the level of it, but, like, maybe the different drills or give us a little insight into what you're doing recently. Yeah, one, one thing I'll say is that there's not a lot of teams who practice um, defense in the NBA during the summer, and there's not a lot of teams who have, like, conditioning tests in the summer. I think it's pretty normal for teams to have conditioning tests when, when training camp starts and when preseason starts um, to kind of test their guys. But I would say from from talking to just different guys around the league and obviously my one year with L.A., there's not a lot of conditioning tests. So um, Syracuse, like we had a great strength and conditioning program with Ryan Cabillas. Um, Villanova, Man. we had a great strength and, strength and conditioning program. Um but there wasn't a lot of like conditioning tests. It was more just like we're gonna play live, we're gonna practice hard, and that's gonna be like your conditioning. This is the first kind of pro- program I've been a part of where it's like on Mondays we're gonna do a, a conditioning test and we're gonna test you. So that that's a, it's obviously been a great great experience to kind of be a part of that. Um, and then every single week it's like you're gonna do your conditioning test, then you're gonna work out for an hour and fifteen minutes. So do you want to burn yourself out in the conditioning test? Do you want to perform well? Because all those things matter, right? So sure. I think it's it's been good to kind of kind of balance those things and and go from there. How have you balanced it? If you're if, as looking for a guy that's going to either be converted to a two way or converted to a roster in your best scenario in Miami. Yeah. What what's what's your balance? What have you found the last two weeks? Well, I, I think I'm I, I pride myself in being like a pretty. You have to be a, in really good condition to be a, a, an NBA shooter. So, um, the conditioning test right now is it, it's they keep on they're going to keep on leveling it up. Um, right now it's 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 kind of at the beginning stages, so I haven't had to um, really do anything different to, to pass this conditioning test. I think I've just gotten in better, better shape over time. Um, they do it after a weekend, so if, if you're fooling around during the weekend, it might be tough for you. But I, I've been pretty locked in, and, and, and the first two weeks haven't been as tough. But I would, I would say all the time, it's like you could be doing everything right, and if you're still not playing well on the court, then it's probably not going to matter. You know what I mean? It's not going to matter as much. I, I think wh- why you do those conditioning tests and why you do all these things is to help give yourself the best chance to play well. Um, but the most important thing is playing well on the court when, when the coaches are watching and the general managers are watching. So I think I think the balance for me is to not to put too much pressure or not to put too much stock in anything, but just put yourself in the best, best position to play well. 
who's running those practices? Like when, when you're in, in a, a playing position the last couple weeks, like who runs that practice and who's maybe watching? And are they watching live or do they watch film afterwards? Yeah, no, so, so Pat Riley and, and Eric Spolcher and all those guys have been up and watching us, um, especially when we go live. We play live Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday will be more of like a three-on-three day. Thursday will be more of like a five-on-five day. And uh, the, all those guys are watching, especially when we play live. And then on the days that we're not playing live, um, our workouts are ran by um, the video coordinator of the staff right now, Dan, Dan Biscaccio. Um, he's done a great job with us, especially like the Exhibit 10 guys coming in and working out. And then... Um, the assistant coaches will be there too, helping out. So, cool. um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's been a great experience so far to, to, to be with these guys, and, and they've done a great job, kind of just explaining to us the heat culture before we kind of get into training camp and and the, and the, and the preseason um, when we really see it with all, with everyone there. Yeah, that's awesome. How about um? So there's a question here, and I'll adjust it to our conversation we've had so far. Um, we had a mailbag question ask about different coaching methods, like specifically different things, like maybe drills or like conversations you'd have with um, Coach Beheim and Coach Wright separate. Yeah. So maybe how you can connect it to the NBA, like see how the practices are different. Obviously, it's going to be very different, um, but like and then compare them to each other and, and what's the difference there specifically? Yeah, when I, when I was at Villanova, um, we basically did full practices in the summer. So... Um, Three days a week, we would have like a, an hour and 20 to hour and 40 minute practice, like full boat, like going hard. Um, a lot of like competitive drills, a lot of technique, a lot of offensive stuff. And then when we, when we get into the fall with Villanova, it would be a lot of defense and, 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 and defensive drills and focusing on our defense. So when I was at Syracuse, we did a lot of individual skill development. So that was different, right? Like I spent a lot of time with, with GMAC and I spent a lot of time with Cambillis and and it was more individualized to, to focus on your game. Then we played live two or three times a week and, and kind of like mix in that. And then we'd have one practice, um, one hour practice with Coach Bayheim and kind of go over like the the just just the different techniques and philosophies that he had on, on both sides of the ball. So, um, and then with the NBA last year with the Lakers, it was it was mostly individual skill development. And then you play live like two or three times a week. Um, so it was pretty similar to Cuse in that aspect, where, where you're getting like a lot of individual work, you're getting a lot of shots, you're getting a lot of individual time with the coaches. And then with the Heat, it's been mostly just group workouts. So um, group workouts, learning the, learning the skills or learning the philosophies of, of their defense, their language, their and everything like that. And then um, play, playing live when you can, right? And, and trying to do the best possible job you can of, of remembering the concepts and the philosophies and and shooting the ball well and, and et cetera, right? So uh, there three different methods, three different styles, but I would say they all have their they're all effective in, the, in in their own ways, right? And I've been I've been blessed to be a part of uh, or four four great programs and traditions, and, and obviously yeah. it doesn't really get, get get much better than the four situations I've been in. And they're all and like you said, they're all so different. Like like uh, you know, one's a two three zone. And one's like the Heat culture, and then you're in Los Angeles with LeBron, and then obviously Villanova for three years after they won a national championship is yeah. crazy. So that's just. Do you think that, um, like basically, you selected uh, Los Angeles, and then you selected Miami, right? And you selected Syracuse after the transfer situation, but originally you committed to Villanova. So do you think that you uh, are picking these bigger programs because of that, because of their like? Tr- tradition 
Or do you think it's because they fit you as a player better? Or at the time when you made the decision, is it more of you as a player versus the name Syracuse, the name Villanova? Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything, right? I think first thing, first and foremost, I try and go with the best fit. Because if you don't pick a great fit, then you're not going to be able to show what you can do from a talent perspective. Um, and then you, you try and look for roster needs, right? For, for Los Angeles, there was a big hole in the shooting department. Um, and then with the Miami Heat, they just lost Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. So there's going to be room for guys like me to, to, to possibly make the team. And we'll see we'll see what happens with this Dame we'll trade. That, yeah, and there, there could be more. There could be more more of a need. So, I think overall, just just looking to find the best possible fit, and the, those best possible fits have been been great organizations and great college programs. Yeah, I mean, I was just we just said it, but that's a crazy. Like, if you look at your Wikipedia page, it's just those four programs in a row. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. And then you said, yeah. uh, like, like in the we talked about it last week, but in in the in the search for a new training camp deal and the search for a new fit, you know, you had the Milwaukee Bucks there too, like that's and and the Boston Celtics, like that's crazy, just crazy big programs. And no offense, but like you're not, like all these programs that are are big, you're not even uh, how do I want to say this? There's 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 smaller programs in the NBA, right? So it, it, you could be for lack of a better term, stuck there. And no matter how much time you get, like it's going to be tough to make an impact depending on how they play, depending on who they play, right? Because they may be rebuilding. But you're, you're having a, like a possibility of making an impact in these big programs, and you've had it at four different places now. So I think that's super lucky, and I know you feel that way uh, also. No, definitely. And I, I think one thing that Coach Beheim told me in high school when, when I was getting recruited, like you got to find a, a place that has a stage. Like... <laughs> this doesn't really matter anymore, but when when I was getting recruited, one of my top schools was Xavier, and at the time they had a player named J.P. McCura, and J.P. McCura was a really good college basketball player, and, and probably a lot of people that, that I'm saying this to right now, like they don't really know who J.P. McCura is. And sure. he was like, J.P. McCura could walk down the street and no one knows who he is. Like, people know who Syracuse basketball players are. And he's like, Villanova, Absolutely. that's a big stage. Duke, that's a big stage. Syracuse is a huge stage. Like, you play on the biggest stage in college basketball. And it, it comes with its pluses and minuses, right? Because on the plus side of it, it's like every single game is going to be micromanaged by every single person in the media, right? Like, the Syracuse media is going to get on you Ooh. after a bad game. The Villanova media is going to get on you after a bad game. Lakers, you know how that is, right? Uh, oh, I, bet my, I bet Miami's the same way. But, um, so that's like the minus part of it, but the plus side of it is the Austin Reeves effect. It's the Alex Caruso effect. It's the O'Shea Brissett after his freshman year getting a lot of love and, and, be, and almost going to the NBA draft because he averaged 12 points a game at Syracuse as a freshman. Yep. You know what I mean? So there, there's the plus and minus of everything. Um, and I, I've just been extremely lucky and grateful to be a part of those, those teams and programs where everyone, a lot of people care. Sure. You talk about the media and how it how it affects like the players and like like even you're playing like I I'm not gonna speak for you but I can imagine there's a little bit of you that that's affected by like the negativity every once in a while maybe not as much anymore I remember like you started at Syracuse and like you did have a rough what three or four first games that we, that shooting spell which was tough and I remember yeah. thinking like geez these guys will not lay off him like it's just it's just straight like what are <laughs> they do? what is this transfer like now we can only wait till they get six guys next year like this was November against whoever yeah. against Colgate it was after that game or whatever 
And then you get to the Lakers and Lakers Twitter. Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's crazy. Like like we look at halftime of a summer league game and you'd have 15 points and it's like Cole Swider can't move his feet. It's like what are we like? <laughs> first of all, yes he can, and second of all, like that's not what you should be focused on. So you've had those two, obviously, like two years in a row. It's been obviously like tough media, and then maybe you get some love every once in a while. How has Miami's media? Uh, so far what you've seen maybe not even the media but fans on Twitter or fans on Instagram yeah I don't think a lot of people know me in Miami so it's I I noticed this in the G League too it's like you have a great game in the G League and there's not that many people talking about you you know what I mean so it's, it's good because if you have a bad game in the G League no one's talking about you but it's bad because it's like no matter how well you play you're not getting that love in the, in the, in the shine so you definitely want to be on those big stages like they always say like Scoring twenty points in Charlotte isn't scoring isn't like scoring twenty points in L.A. or scoring twenty points in in Boston or scoring twenty points in Miami. Like those guys are gonna get recognized more. Like a Matt Struess, a, a Duncan Robinson, sure. deep playoff runs, they get paid ninety million. Guys, if they did the same thing in Charlotte and they didn't win, they probably won't get paid that same amount of money. So you definitely want to be in those big markets and those in those teams who are making it a deep playoff run because a you'll probably get paid more. B um, you want to be a part of those great franchises, and everyone wants to be in Miami, L.A., Boston, Dallas. Um. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Even like, like a team like Milwaukee now. Sure. And, and like we said, that's all. That's bringing everything in. Like you, you have the you're played for the big cities. You've had interest from other big cities. And now you have a chance where, you know, Gabe Vincent's shooting whatever, 50% from three in the, in the uh, semifinals. And then does the same <laughs> thing in the finals. He's getting a huge contract. So it, it, it's happened... Like, you named it on... We had a reel go out today on Instagram. Like, there's been, like, six guys that it's happened to. So so why who, oh. why can't you be the seventh? You know what I mean? So that's, I think uh, that's a lot of things that people don't realize. Like, um, the, the opportunity... You don't have to create the opportunity a lot. Like, it, it's there in certain situations. So we'll have to see uh, how you fit in there. But I, I have Definitely. confidence. Um, you mentioned Austin Reeves. And, and I actually have forgotten about even talking about this until now. Have you been watching the USA at all? The, the um, Reeves effect? Yeah, Austin's been great. I mean, he's such a natural-born killer. Like, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when watching him play. It's like, I love Austin, but there's no way he works on those moves, like, on his own in the gym. Like, those, that's just natural God-given ability. It's almost Absolutely. like, I, I know I'm, I'm a big Scottie Pippen Jr. fan, but it's almost like, like him a little bit. Like, th- those guys just have such a knack to, like, find their way around defenses and it's just so natural for them to do that like they don't work on those moves like Austin could be working on those moves and, and, and I might be selling them a little bit short but I think it's just natural God-given ability to be able to just make those reactions and and, and just make those plays just just so naturally for them and he's got that confidence now too like like in oh. the western like in the playoffs right and then now he's doing the same thing he's been doing it since September we said it on the episode where like you know you could you could uh, you might do it again this year and then he did it all season long like like constantly seven months straight in the playoffs and now he's playing for Team USA so I think confidence fifty six million dollar contract yeah right and he, he and, and and he could have got I mean who knows right but but like 
that might not be the last contract he signs. It probably won't be. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like that that level high high uh, ability and confidence, it could go anywhere. So we'll have to see on that. Definitely. Um, that's uh, that's all the mailbag questions we got. You think of anything else to go over here? No, man, I think that's good. I, I'm I'm super excited to kind of just continue this journey with with Miami. Um, it's been a great couple of weeks so far, and yeah, man. You got a uh, you got anything else to ask me? You got any any, any other looming questions that that you've been trying to get off your chest? I guess we'll just go with uh, um, we'll go with a simple one. Do you think you could beat me in golf? First of all, I know you never see me. I just want like yeah. your instinct. Yeah, you look you look like a good golfer. Like you have that look of a good golfer. But the way I've been playing lately, I mean, it just depends. Like, what what do you usually shoot? Oh, I can't even. Uh, I, I'm not gonna reveal that on the podcast. No, I'd say I, I could shoot an like you told me you shot like a ninety the other week, and like I was like that's probably about the range if I had a good round. Like I'm not great, right? But I'm. You're shooting under a hundred though. You're shooting under a oh, hundred. Sure, for sure. Yeah. For sure. No, you. So like, you, I think you, you strike me. Yeah, you strike me as a as a guy who can golf. I'm gonna I'm gonna get there too, especially with uh like Patty's been talking a lot. I, th- I think we're gonna have to play like Captain and Major. Yeah, no, I gotta play Patty. P- Patty's acting like he beat me. Like I, I, we're one and one right now, Patty and I. Oh really? So yeah, yeah Pat- he's uh he's, he's, he's playing a- that up. I'm, I'm gonna have to talk to him when I see him. We're gonna he's, have to. Yeah, he's acting like he's acting like he's wiped me a couple times. I mean, we're 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 one and one against each other. Okay, and you and you've played with these big uh. Like scratch golfers like G Max. See, I haven't had that opportunity yet. Like, my dad's really good. Like, he got out once this year and shot a seventy five or something. But, like, I'm not learning from him at wow. that level yet. Seventy five. I, uh, I I need to learn. I need to play a lot more before I, he can like fix like one little thing in my swing and how I hit the ball. So we'll have we'll have to see next summer maybe. I'll be yeah. out in L A. So maybe I'll play some there a little bit. Is that expensive? The L A. golf scene. I mean, you can find cheap golf wherever. Uh, I, I'll send you a couple courses where you can go to where it's, it's not it's not too bad. Max and I were hit, hitting some courses when I was out there, so uh, I'll definitely send send a couple cool. your way. Perfect. Yeah. So we we avoided L.A. for show production, like like the uh, the time zone switch for about two or three weeks here, and I'm going out on Saturday, so um, we're gonna be back to sh- to shooting in two different time zones, but that's all right. We'll uh, we'll be all right. Yeah. So I think that wraps it up mostly. Yes, sir. Great episode uh, number 42, right, Adam? 42? 42. We're getting there. Jackie Robinson episode. Jackie Robinson yeah. episode. So, uh, yeah, great great, great week of, uh, of, talking, of talking shop with my boy Adam. Uh, obviously, we weren't able to have Patty, but we'll have Patty here with a little uh, ending. So, uh, th- th- thanks for Yeah, as always. So, thanks for listening. Um, another week of The Sweater Show, and, and t- tune in next week. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, Show at gmail.com and of course if you haven't already make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week cool swider show with patty casey is presented by blue wire podcast and our executive producer is adam lewis swider show is created by cole swider patty casey and producer adam lewis all rights reserved thank you guys we'll see you next week